from the horse capital of the world, the great city of Lexington, Kentucky, welcome to Red Barn Radio. Wherever in the world you're listening, join us as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. Tonight, Red Barn Radio presents a concert performance with Chris and Jen Schaus. Coming up on Red Barn Radio. Now I can't tell from the look in your eyes that your intelligence was designed all for being alone and being and sincere. All for once I can decide that it's criminal for you to Yeah. 
Red Barn Radio is brought to you with the financial support of Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information, Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. We're more than just bluegrass. Lex Arts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. We'd like to thank Sims Pizzeria and Soda Fountain for supplying food each week for our musical guests and volunteers. Chef Greg Scott and Sims Pizzeria and Ice Cream Parlor is located just minutes from Lexington in historic Wilmore, Kentucky. For more information, see Sims Pizzeria and Soda Fountain on Facebook. Listen locally. Working in concert to encourage everyone to embrace any opportunity to listen locally and engage with each other in a variety of shared experiences, including music, theater, poetry, dialogue, and conversation. You can learn more about Listen Locally on Facebook, Instagram, and at listenlocally.net. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is Red Barn Radio's guest accommodation partner, providing hotel accommodations for our musical guests. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is the ideal choice for your next visit to Lexington, Kentucky. AccuPrint provides printed programs each week for our audience members. For all your printing needs, AccuPrint is on the web at accuprint.us. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Red Barn Radio. I'm Renee Collins. Red Barn Radio is now in our 17th broadcast season, and tonight is Red Barn Radio's 631st live concert performance. We are so pleased to present a program of great live music with our featured guests, Chris and Jen Schaus, a husband and wife songwriting team playing a variety of songs written from their past lives and their present life of living in a cabin in the middle of the woods. Please welcome Chris and Jen Schaus to the Red Barn stage. Yo 
Radio's Red Barn Radio, Brad Becker. Thanks, Renee. Welcome. Hello, hello. Folks, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Chris and Jen Schaus. So where did you grow up, Jen? Well, I was, I was born in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, and I was here for many years, but my mom, how she's Italian, and they're from New Jersey, but moved down to Florida. So my dad went on vacation, met her in Florida. He's from Harlan. So I'm always back and forth, you know, all growing up, we were back and forth between Florida and Kentucky, just uh-huh. depending on where we wanted to be at the time, I guess, which family we wanted to be closer to at the moment. Yeah, sure. We grew up in church, so grew up, both my parents play and sing, so I kind of grew up singing, didn't pick up guitar until uh, college years, and then didn't really get too serious about it until I got with Chris, and we kind of started playing a little bit more and learning a little bit more. So. During your early church years, mm-hmm. were you really encouraged as a singer? Do you feel like you're, you, you broke out with that amazing voice when you were uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so that's oh. where the loudness, I think, comes from. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's just singing. So everybody's over top of everybody. You've got to be loud enough to be over top of the cymbals and the shouting and anything else that might be happening. So... Uh, yeah, so I grew up, I guess that's where I got my vocals, because it was really hard for me to learn to be quiet when I sang. So that was one of the things that I had to fight with, was learning how to be a little softer and a little quieter when I needed to be in control of the loudness. Did someone uh, somewhere along the line teach you about uh, taking care of your voice? And, and it seems like you have. I mean, it's just uh, just got a beautiful, no. clean sound. Not really. I always said I wish I would have gone to someone and had some actual lessons or, you know, training or anything like that I've not really it's just kind of something I've had to find over the years I guess going through different genres of music I've been through many of those so um, I guess if anything maybe once Chris and I started playing more together and I started learning to do a little more harmony instead of being the loud lead singer Mm -hmm. the whole time I think that is where I learned to control my vocals a little bit better Take plastic tape. 
gotta live together until we die. So don't go around judging me, but just look at what you become. Owsley County, um, Kentucky, which is uh, eastern Kentucky. I grew up uh, with a very supportive family of music. I grew up in church as well. Um, my parents always supported, you know, playing music. I had a lot of family members that, that played, family reunions we played. I still have uncles and aunts now that build instruments and play instruments. Oh. Uh, you know, and through high school, I started playing and um, kind of got the rock and roll bug, the 90s, you know, alternative bug with Nirvana and all that. And played in lots of garage bands. Uh, and it wasn't until I started teaching, I, I teach school currently, and I started in 2001, and that's when I bought my first Martin guitar, because I said mm. that whenever I get a real job, I'm gonna buy a Martin guitar. And so that's what I did. And I started taking bluegrass more serious, and the bug kind of hit me with that. And bluegrass, you know, you start out just liking a few songs, and you kind of get engulfed in it. And once you kind of get it, you can't get rid of it, you know? So in about 2007, I went to a jam session and um, I met a guy there who said he liked my singing and liked his banjo playing and he said, let's start a band. So we started the 23 String Band and for 10 years we had a very successful run. We played all over the country on movies and you know radio and that band kind of started winding down and that's when Jen and I started this project. It was with 23 String Band, I think, that we first met. Yeah, yeah. Probably right here. Yeah, and that was when I really started taking music more serious and... Um, you know, semi-professionally. But this is really nice because now I'll just get to play mandolin. Uh, in the string band, I had to, you know, play guitar and I sang all the songs, but now I kind of get to do some mandolin playing, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I play electric guitar, acoustic guitar, you know. So it's very, you know, this band's very versatile and all the different things that we can play because it's not just pigeonholed just to bluegrass. Talk a little bit about what it's like Teaching music in public school, do you, what age group do you teach? Third, fourth, and fifth at an intermediate oh, right. school. Do you see kids in your classes, I'm thinking boys especially, who remind you of your memory of yourself as a... Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. Just intriguing, you know, music intrigues me uh, very much. It's even, even today, it's just intriguing that how, you know, bands can get together and like jam or have shows that's never played. I played at the Burl on Sunday with two guys and I played with Don Rogers, who's a great singer songwriter. And I didn't know any of his songs, but I played Manly, just kind of jumped up there and you know, it went okay. But it's just kind of amazing how all these different musicians can just jump up on stage and play and it all sound like it's been rehearsed. As far as the school thing goes, there's lots of kids that are interested in it. Cause you know, we just, I just teach basic music stuff and you know, I, teaching like some simple melodies on like the piano and then some kids will go and be like hey I learned how to play Billie Jean on piano can I play it for you because they go <laughs> home because now they have something called YouTube <laughs> yeah, yes, and right. Google that I didn't have and so you know these, these kids really have a lot of a lot more resources than what I had when I was learning how to play. He did get um, the, him and the Wilkes got together with Candade and do, they donated a bunch of instruments 
uh, to his school. So now that he has the banjos and guitars and mandolins and some uke basses and things like that. So the kids actually get an opportunity at that young age to just pick up a banjo if they want to. Maybe none of them ever have. You know, or just pick up an instrument and kind of mess around with it a little bit in the off time. Yeah, so yeah the Candy nice. Foundation was incredible, and the Wooks were incredible as well. They come to our school once a year and put on a free performance, and um, yeah, it's just been a really good ride. up mandolin did, is about then when you picked up mandolin I really did start taking it seriously a couple of years ago hmm. 
So, you know, being around bluegrass music, you learn how to play everything a little bit. Like I can play bass a little bit and banjo a little bit, you uh -huh. know, and mandolin at the time a little bit because you're just engulfed with it so much. And Jen and I started playing. I wanted to maybe do something different than a guitar. To have two guitars, I thought, well, maybe a yeah. mandolin would sound cool. A fiddle was way beyond my realm of musical ability, so. That could be next, though. I don't know. I don't think so. You got the tuning. I, I, tr I tried it one time for a couple of weeks, and I think that I was worse after the month of playing than I was when I began. Yeah, I, I, I know guys like you who say you can't play it, but oh, I bet yeah. you can but pick no, up a fiddle. Really, no, no, yeah. that's what I say all the time. I'm like, he's one of those guys. Yeah, don't let him right. fool you. He is. Yeah, I know those kind of guys. Stand them. Tell me how you guys met. When did you we, first see each other? The string band played a show at Cosmic Charlie's. Jen came to watch us. I think it was a UK basketball game that yeah. night. The show got postponed to later on the night, and she had to leave because what? We knew each other before that. Yeah, I mean somewhat. Yeah, we, we met yeah, at our we friend Jamie's house, who has a lot of jams, and we always hang out and have jams there. So we knew each other kinda. Uh huh. But uh, but then later. you know after the show, you know I sent her a message and said, hey, thanks for coming. Sorry, you know the show kind of got postponed, and you know. She's like, well, let's just hang out together sometime and play some music. You know, I was like, nice. okay, how about Friday? You know. Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we hung out and we wrote a song together on our on our first uh, first date. On your first date, you yeah, guys wrote a song together. Uh, and I don't think we played it very many times. Since. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Folks, maybe would you like for him to play it right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can't. One do day, that. one day, That's we'll have to learn right. it. Uh, but, <laughs> Like the next week, the band was playing this little show in town called Red Barn Radio. Have you heard of it? Before? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I'm so I told Jen, I was like, hey, you know, she just lived around the corner. She was living at Lexington at the time. I was uh -huh. like, hey, we're playing at this Red Barn Radio thing. You should come out. I'll put you on the, the list, you know. <laughs> Very and nice. I kept waiting, Backstage waiting, pass. and waiting, and she never showed up. But she came eight years later with me right <laughs> now. <laughs> I, don't, I ain't going to say she stood me up, but... She definitely propped me up, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jen, what, what happened that night? Yeah, Jen, explain to us what happened that night. Yeah, what did you let's see. Is there... <laughs> I was really second guessing if I was even going to date Chris. <laughs> she did not want to date because I opened up the door for no, her. No, no, no. Oh, no. No, go ahead. Talk it out. Talk it's it out. It's a shame to lie in front of all these people. <laughs> he was overly nice, and usually I'm a little, like, I don't know about this. Is he putting, is this a put on, you know? Oh, you wonder because if this is going to be the real deal. Nice. Now. He was <laughs> So at the time he was driving a BMW and all this stuff and he pulled up and, you know, <laughs> and he pulls in and he opens the door and, he's, and I'm like, and I got back home to my roommates at the time. I had two guy friends that were roommates and I was like, guys, I don't know. I was like, he opened the door every time. I was like, and he was just overly nice. Ooh. I'm not sure if I'm no. okay with this overly. And I'm like, well, give it a chance. Let somebody be good to you for once. You know, give it a chance. So I did. And about, I don't know, a few months later, I was moving back to London from Lexington, <laughs> which is where we were from, and had some families at anyways. We've been together ever since. Well, his daddy built the cellar in the fall of 65. Now, Lord knows they were hungry and they were barely alive.
Coming up, more Red Barn Radio with Chris and Jen Schaus. Recorded live from the Performance Hall at Arts Place in Lexington, Kentucky. We're back with more from Chris and Jen Schaus after this break. This is Red Barn Radio. Welcome back. Tonight, we're with Chris and Jen Schaus, recorded live from the Performance Hall at Arts Place in Lexington, Kentucky. This is Red Barn Radio. Just a go with the hot stuff Cause in the morning your head will ring just 
I don't end soon, I'm gonna wind up in the pen. So if you ever get down on your luck, or just a go with the hot stuff, cause in the morning your head will ring just like a bell. And the thoughts that were in your head when you wake up there, run with the GSL. kind of worked for us at this point there's not saying that collaboration was null or that we didn't want to do it it's just the fact that she writes and then she brings it to the table and she's like hey I wrote this song and yeah. then the majority of the time it's, it's finished and the same thing for me then we'll just kind of maybe just try a few different things um, on the album all the songs were written totally separate um, yeah which was which worked out great um, we've worked on some songs together. We've got some more songs in the work. Yeah, we've got a few more songs for the next album, hopefully. Right. So in those, we have worked on a little bit more together, like Chris said. I think that because each person writes differently, so you can really have a hard time when you're sitting down trying to write together with maybe he wants to write lyrics first and I want to write melody or vice versa. Usually it's melody and then lyrics with him. So with, And we pull from different meanings that we have of our own, so I feel like... Mm -hmm. When we sit down together, if we try to force something that way, we seem to butt heads a lot. So we keep we keep sane as well, I think, by writing separately. It helps because it doesn't – the fact that, you know, maybe I'll get a little insecure and think, oh, this is a dumb song. He's going to think it's dumb, so I don't even want to try it for him. It keeps that from happening. So I think by writing separately and then coming with the song finished really helps with that. Yeah, she's more of a lyric writer. I'm more of like a melody writer, I think. I think of melody, you know, when I listen to music, I listen to the melody the way that it goes and not necessarily the words. Plus, living together, I mean, we, we, uh, we have different times that we are moved to write. So maybe I'm in the middle of cooking dinner and he decides he wants to write a song. He can go off and write a song, you know, or, or th those kind of things. And where we live, there are other areas and little cabins out where we live. So if you go to those, you don't have cell phone service. You don't have any kind of connection to anything. So it's sometimes nice for us to just separate from each other and do our own thing. And that's usually when some of the songwriting comes. It always reminds me when I was younger, my grandfather listened to one or two things. He was an Italian man and his name was Salvatore. We either listened to Frank Sinatra or Willie Nelson. <laughs> Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> but he liked to smoke cigars, and my grandmother wouldn't let him smoke them around the house, so we'd go on rides, and he'd smoke cigars, oh. and we'd listen to music and go down to the beach and hang out. So oh, that always reminds me of memory. Him. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> banjo, a longtime friend of mine. I saw him play banjo when he was a young teenager, and uh, we played a lot of music together, haven't we, Cody? A lot of bluegrass, a lot of jams, and um, when this is one a banjo player for this band, he was the first person that we thought of, and he's really came a, a long way breaking out of the bluegrass mode of thinking. But he's from London. His name is Cody Duggar. So, like Chris said, I, I probably met Chris when I was I wasn't driving, so probably 15, something like that. I've known the guy for 11, 12 years. Huh. Um, like you said, we played a lot of music together. When we first started playing together, traditional bluegrass, you know, just straight as it comes, you know, that kind of thing. And three or four years ago, he's like, I think me and Jen's going to maybe start doing some singer-songwriter stuff. And um, definitely out of the box for me because I went from playing Earl Scruggs, J.D. Crow, to playing stuff out of all these minor keys and, and different things. And, but it was good. I think it's important for any musician. I think if you ever get comfortable in the music, I think it's time to maybe kind of broaden your horizons a little bit and try something a little bit different. Yeah. Because it makes you better, you know, in the long run, for sure. I guess with this config of players and this kind of music, you can't exactly fall into sort of autopilot sure. with your playing, just hearing a key and kind mm -hmm. of knowing automatically what you're going to do. You're, you're having to map out your solos, I would sure. think. Yeah, it's very complicated. And he's definitely, he has made me a better musician for sure. Um, just as, you know, because he's always, when he lived in London, we would play <laughs> together two or three times a week. And uh, he would always be coming up with all these, you know, like Fly Me to the Moon and things like that, these off-the-wall tunes that really made you kind of start to think and really kind of try different things than what you're used to, so. You do a beautiful job. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's really just, you, you, you bring just a whole other voice to all of the tunes. Your solos just sound, sound great. I'm just loving it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. She had he died as thy good lord She lit the billet on the pillow next to wine bottles of cheese She lit the poet wood pictures so and not see in a slip Yes you did and just when you think you can't get no better than it did Oh just when you think you can't get no better than it does It's always so much better than it ever was Oh it seems
five-string banjo Yes, she lived here in town He traveled the whole world wide Yes, she drove around, got the car He got some munching, scored a lead And just when you think he can't get no Chris through the 23 string band I was actually the uh, friend he was talking about that he met at a, it was a festival of bluegrass wasn't it? his grandma lived across the street from me when I was in middle school in London so I've known Kurt for more years than I can count on my ah. fingers right now <laughs> when they put a band together I was actually the original bass player for the 23 string band and played with them for about a year and a half and then just life and things yeah. it just didn't work out where I could stick with it but uh yeah. but I, that's how I met Chris I, I was in school bands growing up so I played some saxophone and some euphonium and baritone uh a couple weeks of piano lessons and then uh <laughs> he's uh, incredible longer than some stay with it right <laughs> I played uh, in garage bands a lot of rock and roll music growing up electric bass and I played I played some little bit on a lot of instruments, but yeah. I like playing the bass. That's where I feel home. So, um, do I get it right that you're working on putting together some songs of your own into yeah. an album? Yeah, I've can got you a talk about that project? Uh, it's kind of a a, a tongue-in-cheek project, a little bit. I'm really proud of it. Um, I got a lot of people that I grew up. Actually, Kurt Wilson is playing banjo on that album. Stephen Couch. Uh, Anyhow, it's just a lot of people I knew that, that influenced me, and I conned them through one way or another to get them to come attempt some of this uh, horrible music I'm making. So, oh, heavens. Uh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> or they, these are all... It's just it's, it's a sort of intentionally... Uh, most of the guys that, that I play with, it, it's sort of acoustic-based music, and this is uh, a departure from that. So it's got some clav on it and some uh, a lot of electric guitar and organs and... And things, so it's a uh, it's a little noisier, a little more dissonant. Uh, I'm not a great singer, so you know that's you get what you get when I'm singing. It's just <laughs> what it is. So. I, I mean, is it like complicated, like and, and ironic, and like Zappa esque? Or uh, Zappa is a big influence on it. Um, 
sort of Zappa, Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. So. Well, I think there's already some people in the house, and I know some people listening who uh, now very much will want to uh, I'm sorry, get their that? paws on the CD. <laughs> Hard road to hoe and I'm so I'm digging loan as hard as I can to find time to leave me and you oh but what else could a poor boy like me do
would like to thank Chris and Jen Shiles and their band for being with us this evening. Thanks to our volunteers for their help with our production each week, especially Ryan Zinka, Lori Campbell, Kate Heinenen, and Matthew Flores. We give a very special thanks to Becky Alfrey for her work with our social media. And thank you to all of us listening to our webcast and watching us on Facebook Live up there, and those listening to us on the Red Barn Network of Stations. We also thank the members of our studio audience for supporting the mission of Red Barn Radio, which strives to present, promote, and preserve the rich musical tradition of Kentucky and share it with the world. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Performance Hall at Arts Place in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. Tickets for Red Barn Radio are now available on the web at eventbrite.com Lexington. And what do you think, audience? Could we talk them into one more song, you think?
Red Barn Radio would like to thank Chris, Jen, Cody, and Owen for being with us tonight. We'd like to thank Sims Pizzeria and Soda Fountain for supplying food each week for our musical guests and volunteers. Chef Greg Scott and Sims Pizzeria and Ice Cream Parlor is located just minutes from Lexington in historic Wilmore, Kentucky. For more information, see Sims Pizzeria and Soda Fountain on Facebook. Listen locally. Working in concert to encourage everyone to embrace any opportunity to listen locally and engage with each other in a variety of shared experiences, including music, theater, poetry, dialogue, and conversation. You can learn more about Listen Locally on Facebook, Instagram, and at listenlocally.net. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is Red Barn Radio's guest accommodation partner, providing hotel accommodations for our musical guests. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is the ideal choice for your next visit to Lexington, Kentucky. AccuPrint provides printed programs each week for our audience members. For all your printing needs, AccuPrint is on the web at accuprint.us. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. Red Barn Radio's line producer and booking manager is Warren Cobb. We also thank our volunteers. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can attend a Red Barn Radio concert in person. You'll find performance dates and times at redbarnradio.com. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. For more information on the band, they're on the web at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be here again on this station next week at this same time as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. I'm the voice of Red Barn Radio, Tom Brown. Red Barn Radio is brought to you with the financial support of VisitLex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information, VisitLex is on the web at visitlex.com. We're more than just bluegrass. LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC. (laughs) 